everybody. This is Jamie Dew, and welcome back to our podcast, The Towel in the Basin. I'm really excited about uh, the series that we're doing this semester as we're going to be exploring the Old Testament, something that's obviously essential to our faith, and yet at the same time, if we're honest about it, probably something, uh, this portion of the Bible is probably a part that's a little bit more difficult for most of us to navigate, so we'll talk about all those things today. Uh, I'm flying solo without Joe today, and we'll be for most of these podcasts in this series, and today I'm really excited. I've got Dr. Corey Barnes in the studio here with me, and we're going to get to talk about a lot of cool things related to the Old Testament. Corey, good to have you in here with us. Yeah, thanks, man. It's good to be here. Yeah, man. So excited to have you. Let me just introduce him a bit more so that you understand who's talking to us. Uh, Dr. Barnes is one of our Old Testament faculty members here, so certainly someone that's going to be helpful for us to think about the Old Testament. And uh, he is also over all of our distance education strategies. So if you're one of our students that's studying with us in Level College or at NOBTS out there somewhere, then you are participating in a part of his essential work. And he does a fantastic job for us. He's brilliant. He's very helpful. He can do the high-end academic stuff, but he's very good at helping bring things down to the rubber meeting the road and uh, helping us really apply this well. Best of all, he has lovely wife, Kayla, uh, two precious kids, Zoe and Noel. That's yeah. right, Noel. And uh, fostering as well. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. Okay. And uh, best of all, just a dear, dear brother. Good to have you here with us. So thanks for being here. Excited to do this. Um, okay. Let's start here real quick. I got a couple things I'll just throw to you and want to hear your thought. Uh, the Old Testament is just harder to read than the New Testament. I'm sure Old Testament professors would differ, but <laughs> I don't think most of our listeners would differ. And um, I have been a Christian for 28 years, maybe longer. I, I'm terrible at math, but um, pretty long and fairly educated guy. I've been spent my entire life really in theological circles. And I have to admit to you that when I pick up the Bible, I simply find the New Testament easier to navigate, wrap my head around, make sense of, follow the storyline, and certainly to to extract from it the spiritual meat that I need to get from it. In the Old Testament, a little tougher for me, right? I think a lot of believers feel that when we when we pick it up. So that's one of the things I want to talk to you about today, okay? Mm-hmm. But before we do that, so that it's not missed by our listeners here, let's start bigger picture than that. Why is the Old Testament valuable for us in the first place? Yeah, the the direct answer to that is because God is speaking to us through the Old Testament. Mm. And I think it can be easy for us to miss that as Christians mm-hmm. because we can we can sort of start treating the Old Testament like it's the background to the New Testament. Right. There's a sense in which that's definitely true. Sure. And the New Testament affirms that because the New Testament authors are always looking back at what God has said in the Old Testament. Right. Um, we also need to affirm that the Old Testament is God's message to God's people today. Sure. And so the reason that the Old Testament is important for us to read is we don't want to miss out on this gracious message that God has given us, that he loves us so much that he's revealed himself to us. He's done it not just through the 27 books of the New Testament, but also through the 39 books of the Old Testament. Right. And so we're, we're just missing a treasure if we, if we miss that fact. Okay. I would tell you this, man, I don't uh, as an Old Testament scholar, I don't disagree that the Old Testament is more difficult <laughs> to read, good. though. So it's it's encouraging uh, to hear. It's part of the reason I wanted to study it. I had yeah. all these questions, man. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, certainly a good place to start. We 
often we may just simply look at the Old Testament as a good background, mm-hmm. right? And it is that. Yeah. Um, but here too, God is speaking to us, both Israel in the Old and now to us today through it. So, all right, then let's get to the complexities of it because we we want to honor. I think most of our listeners would certainly agree with everything you've said so far and um, would recognize that this too is God speaking to his people. Um, but there are those difficulties, those complexities. Tell me if I'm missing it. So from my seat, part of what makes the New Testament so much easier to simply navigate and wrap my head around as compared to the old is that in the New Testament, you've got essentially one time period that it all takes place in. You've got one, pretty much one civilization taking place around Jerusalem and then, you know, into Europe a little bit. You've got one set of politicians, historical figures and such, one language. Uh, It's just a simpler slice of history to look at. And then when you go over the Old Testament, you've got multiple generations, multiple countries involved, lots of different kings, even the history of God's people, the Jewish people, man... There's a time when they don't have a king, then they have a king, then they got two kingdoms, and then you got 12 tribes, and all that to say, Old Testament, there's just so many layers to it. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get lost in it. Um, so how do you cut through that? If we want to extract from and cherish from the Old Testament what we should, how do we cut through all that and really read it more simply? Yeah. So I think what can be helpful here is for us to look at just three things that, that make it difficult. You've hit on on two of them especially. A third one that I would add, uh, the, the Old Testament can be difficult for us because we have some cultural expectations about the Old Testament. Right. If we're honest, our, our expectation is probably that God in the New Testament – uh, as he is revealed in Christ, is is nice and kind and wants what's best for us. Mm-hmm. And in the Old Testament, we basically just transpose these ideas about like the the Greek god Zeus onto the Old Testament god. He's yep. angry. He's in the clouds. He has a lightning bolt. He's ready to zap <laughs> you. So so that's a that's a challenge because it's an inaccuracy about yeah. how God has revealed Himself in the Old Testament. Right. The other two that you hit on is the the cultural diversity that we have mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, which involves language, it involves history. Right. Uh, I don't know if, if you've had this as you've led people pastorally or as you teach, uh, but sometimes I'll say Israel. Sometimes I mean United Kingdom. Yeah. Sometimes I mean Northern Kingdom, right. and that's just inherently confusing. Dealing with thousands of years of history. Right. But but another thing that can can happen as well that you hit on is there's also there's not theological diversity in that there's multiple theological messages, right. but I'm I'm hearing a message that's revealed to a people, Israel, okay. that is going to become a nation that's going to be led by kings. It's going to have prophets and priests. And so there's all this theological application that has to be done for me to understand how that applies to me when I'm living and, and not applying this centrally to me as a member of the United States, but as a member of the people of God, that I don't have kings, that I, that I have other leaders in my life. Um, so Figuring out all of the all those three things: cultural misconceptions right. about the nature of God, okay. the the historical cultural diversity, and then lastly, just the the theological. Again, not diversity in different theologies, but different applications to that theology okay. in my context. Okay, here's I think the way that we cut through it on right. all three. Yep. We understand the narrative of the Old Testament and what it's doing. Mm. So as God reveals himself to us through the Old Testament, first let's let's think about the first 11 chapters of Genesis and mm-hmm. that's important those those 11 chapters in particular because the story of the Old Testament starts in this cosmic framework right. that then comes into all of humanity. And okay. so I'm being told a story that's not just about one people group. This isn't just a story that's about one 
culture or a nation, but right. it's a story that involves the cosmos the and then all of humanity. Yep. Ex- exactly. So when I get to Abraham and I look at the blessing that God is going to give Abraham and the covenant that he's calling him into, there's clarity there that that is someone that's a representative from the nations and that that covenant is going to be for the sake of the nations, okay. right? So Genesis chapter 12, we look at verses one through three, that part of what's going to happen is, is that in Abraham, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. As I follow that story, I begin to pick up on some key themes. We could go through a lot of them, right. but, but probably the one that I would just say that we can trace most directly is that God is working. The, God is working for the redemption of creation, hmm. and he's creating all of these expectations. So the expectation is, is that when humanity is sinful and, mm-hmm. and falls to astonishing lengths of depravity very quickly in the first 11 chapters of Genesis, God is going to rescue them through this covenant that he establishes with Abraham. The expectation there is that God is going to be the one who is going to fulfill the expectations of this covenant. It's not that he's going to raise up a superior people. It's mm. that he's going to, to himself be the guarantor of this blessing that's going to be for all the nations. As we read along in the Old Testament, the law is revealed to us. Very important here that the law is revealed after the Abrahamic covenant. Mm. Here, here's the, man, I know this is kind of a cheesy pastor way of saying mm. it, and this probably takes away from my scholarly credentials that I would say <laughs> it this way. But like, simply put, man, God reveals his love before he reveals his law. Right, mm, that's okay. that in the narrative is important, and and in that love, his intentions for the whole as well. Yeah, that's right. right. Okay. The intentions for all of humanity, yep. and 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 for and, and in a very real sense for all the cosmos. That God's right. God is doing something with His story. In His law, He has lovingly told us, as My people, this is how you are to behave. Right. God's people fall again, astonishingly short of this standard. And, and then we get this, this new theme that's going to come, this expectation of, so how is God going to redeem this people who is incapable of keeping the standards, not that got them into this covenant, but the standards of people in the covenant should live in this way? Right. And we begin to get this idea of an anointed king. Um, we get David coming on the scene that says, Man, it's going to be a guy that looks like this, but he's got some problems, so one better than this. And, and the idea that we see through the, the story that we're told in Israel's history yeah. and then the prophets is that there is an anointed king that is going to come that's going to be central to this, this big picture of redemption. Mm-hmm. By the time we get to the end of the Old Testament, and again, all of this, this broad history, by the end, that kingship seems to have failed. We right. have Israel, and you think of the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. Right. Right. Uh, they're, they're ruled by a foreign king. They're a small country. They, 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 they aren't sovereign over themselves. They, they, they're not an right. autonomous nation. Um, so the expectation is, is man, it, it really looks like this has failed. So the Old Testament ends having built up all these expectations about what God is going to do to redeem Israel, which is a representation of what he's doing to redeem the world, that, that the redemption of Israel is going to be for the good of the world. Mm-hmm. And I get to the end of the Old Testament, and I am just deflated. None yeah. of that seemed to have come true which sets me up for the New Testament. Okay. So I would, and I would, I would say this as we kind of close out on that, that question, Jamie, again, there's a, there's a lot of different stuff, sure, sure. dozens of themes that we could follow. But as we look at this central theme, one of the things that we have to understand there is it is by design that we call it the Old Testament. Uh, John Goldingay, who's a, an Old Testament scholar that I like a lot, calls it the First Testament. Mm. Whatever we call it, it is connected to the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And and without the New Testament, the story of the Old Testament is incomplete. Hmm. By the way, without the Old Testament, the story of the New Testament right, is right, incomplete. Right. 
but I have to understand that the Old Testament has built up all of these expectations that are driving me to say, God, how are you going to meet these expectations? Yeah. And I come to the New Testament, and I'm astounded to find them all met in ways that I never would have expected in Christ. If you like what you hear, you'll love Defend the Faith, our annual apologetics conference here on the NOBTS campus each January where you'll meet and learn from many of today's top apologists. To learn more about Defend the Faith, as well as our academic degrees in apologetics, visit us at nobts.edu forward slash apologetics. So as you're talking about all these things, two sets of things are coming to my mind. Uh, and I don't know if you would say it this way, but this is kind of what it seems like you're saying that part of the way you cut through all these complexities, which are legion, Mm -hmm. right? There's so many of them, is to take almost a 30,000-foot view of the whole thing and identify the major plot lines. Yeah, Uh, You've got this creation. This is the story of everything. This is not just the story of a select group of people. This Mm -hmm. is the story of everything. The whole of the cosmos, the whole of existence is all explained here. So you've got the story of creation. You've got fall, right, Mm -hmm. that we have rebelled against God. Now the law is going to be revealed, which ultimately is pointing us to Jesus Christ and preparing us for us. So like a creation, the Dutch theologians talk about this a lot, creation, fall, right. redemption, and then glorification. It sounds like that's essentially come up and see those big plot lines is one thing we can do yeah. to cut through the complexities. The other thing that comes to my mind is, well, this is the book of Galatians, right? It's in Galatians that Paul tells us the law. I mean, mm-hmm. like, why a law? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a tutor to mm-hmm. prepare our hearts for the coming king and redeemer. And then also in Galatians, Galatians 4, I think it's 4.4, 4, don't quote me on that, anybody. Um, I, I can just imagine on this podcast, somebody's opening their Bible right now, and it's not that one. And they're going, no, it's not. Anyway, don't quote me on this, it's off the top of my head. But Galatians 4.4, 4, in the fullness of time, God brought forth his son, right? The one that had been preparing all the way to. Mm-hmm. So that's helpful. That's helpful. Um, all right. Rubber meets the road here. I'm a dad. And I know we got a lot of parents out that listen to this uh, this podcast, which, by the way, can I just say, if you're out there listening to this, thanks so much. That's like crazy humbling to me that you'd take the time to listen to this. And uh, every when I go places and people say, hey, man, I listen to your podcast, that just, I'm, there's a big part of me that says, really? <laughs> so thanks for listening to this. But I know from those experiences, a lot of parents listen to this. Uh, I'm a parent, and every night, me and my family, we sit down and we open the scriptures together and we read. Um, and I have to admit to you, I just, just like I do in my preaching, just like I do in my own devotional reading, in my discipleship, I just naturally gra- gravitate for the new te- to the New Testament for reasons we've talked about here. Reading plans for people in the Old Testament. How would you suggest? It's helpful to this, the the advice to come up and see the thirty thousand foot. But reading plans, what would you advise? Yeah, so uh, so so my kids are younger than than your kids. So for so let's let's kind of talk about this as we watch our kids grow up. In mm-hmm. some ways, we can do this. One of the things that I would encourage parents that have younger kids, and I don't know that it has to be super young. I, I think we're talking like under thirteen. There's some excellent storybook Bibles. Let, okay. let me come in two types. Okay. So one would be storybook Bibles that are helping get the the major themes of the Bible. Yep. Um, so uh, the the Jesus Storybook Bible is yep. one that a lot of times people go to. Uh, there's two that I want to mention that that are uh, by Kevin DeYoung. Mm. One's the the biggest picture storybook Bible that's done in ten units. It's like yep. a, a 
it's kind of like a biblical theology for kids. Yep. Then recently, Crossway worked with Kevin DeYoung. I forget the illustrator's name, but man, the illustrations in, in that mm. Bible are, are astounding. Mm. Not just artistically, folks. They're, yeah. they're astoundingly because they're helping reinforce the theological message of the Bible because right. there's these themes that you can see yeah. that are being repeated as the stories are being told, which yeah. I, I think kids pick up on very quickly. Yeah. Um, they, they recently did one that's more of a, a study Bible format, so it's still yep. story, but it is uh, a, a lot more attention to individual stories of the Bible. So what you're doing, I think, when you're reading that with children is you're helping them see the major storyline of the Bible. Right. Weakness to that is that there's some things they're never going to see. Judges 19, never going to be featured in a storybook Bible. If it is, it's it, not a lot of parents are going to buy it, right? Judges right. 19, by the way, is the, the rape of the Levite's concubine. Not, right. not going to communicate well there. <laughs> All right, so as we then disciple our children and our children grow. And again, I don't think this is necessarily an age thing. My kids are in an age right now where sometimes we're reading every night in a storybook Bible. We tend to rotate out of that and we do readings from different biblical books. We tend to do uh, gospels and epistles in the New Testament, like mix that in. And then in the Old Testament, our major focus has been the book of Psalms. Hmm. I would commend families read the Psalms and go ahead and start talking with your kids. How can we pray the Psalms together? Are there opportunities for us to sing the songs, toge- hmm. the, the Psalms together? Um, I am not a musical person, but uh, <laughs> Kayla and the girls, they are a lot more musical than I am. And yep. sometimes they're able to sing the Psalms. So I would do that. And then as our children grow, I think it is good for us to intentionally navigate towards some of the more difficult passages in the Old Testament and and guide them through and help connect. Okay, here is a very difficult passage. Passages, by the way, that the world might tell us, this is why your faith is not genuine. This this is why the Bible doesn't hold up. So let's navigate our children there, having done the work ahead of time to say, let's connect that to these big themes that we saw in the children's Bibles. And we saw as we've been reading the the major storylines of the Bible. Mm -hmm. So let's let's help our kids understand why Judges 19, which is this horrific story, Mm. is helping point me towards this theme of, in those days there was no king in the land, and each man did what seemed right according to his own eyes, which as a Christian should not be hard for us as Christian fathers and mothers to say, do you guys see how there was going to be sin without the right king? Right. And, and for us, that's pointing us towards King Jesus, yeah. who's, who's going to establish his justice. Yeah, that's good. It's helpful to hear you talk about that, because um, that's kind of what we've done as a, as a family, and pedagogically... That really does lay a foundation. Sorry, if you're, if I just, I didn't, pedagogy is teaching philosophy. It's like teaching strategy. When teachers teach, we always think pedagogically, meaning we think about the right way to lay that out and help students come along. So pedagogically, what we've done is exactly what you've you've suggested. We started with those kinds of storybook Bibles, and Mm -hmm. we did those for years. Actually, three of my four children came to faith in Christ because of our evening devotions, walking through the Jesus Storybook Bible. We've done it multiple times over their life, and it really did help them to see that larger picture. And now, later in their life, we're gravitating to lots of those just stories directly in the text. Now, we've always read Scripture to them as well, but those those books do help lay a good foundation for that. So that's super helpful. Man, I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully to our listeners out there that this is all going to be helpful uh, for you as you pick up not just the New Testament, but the Old Testament and consume it as the Word of God. Uh, as always, we, we appreciate you folks out there and anything we can do to help you, let us know. Thanks so much. Hey, everybody, this is Jamie and Joe again. If you like this podcast, would you leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts? That helps other people find it. 
And if you have any questions, we'd love to hear about them. Just go to jamiedo.com slash questions and send them in that way. And we'll take a look at the most frequently asked questions and give them a shot.